0: Friends Lexi Fema, Taya Johnston, and Marin Thomas. Today we we're talking about season three's episode One Bear Dances, One Bear Doesn't.
1: This episode, One Bear Dances, One Bear Doesn't, was aired as the 13th episode of the season. Uh, it aired on January the 6th, 1986. The writer was Whitney Roberson. Whitney also wrote Suitable for Framing, Dead Men Lead No Trails, and My Fave, We're Off to See the Wizard from this season anyway. The director of this episode was Sigmund Neufeld. Sigmund also did multiple episodes of SMK, other than One Bear Dances. He did one fluke east, burnout, and remembrance of things past. Guest stars on this one, we have a few that stick out a little bit. Uh, the first one we'll do uh, Andre Zernov. He actually was a professor. He had a PhD in theater and taught speech and drama at Cornell. After that, in the sixties, he decided to go ahead and become an actor. And he was in a ton of stuff, including voice acting in Brother Bear, the Disney movie. He was Miles on The Golden Girls, and there was a ton of other shows that he was in.
2: I totally remember him from uh, as Miles on Golden Girls. He was Betty White's. Girls. He was Betty White's uh, love interest.
1: Yes, and yes. he was
2: so sweet on that one too. <laughs>
1: But he um, he passed away unfortunately in 2010, so it's been a little while. The next one that I have on my list is one that really is not a huge, hugely famous as far as the characters that he played. But he was in an episode of Alias, and that is <laughs> J. Michael Flynn, <laughs> who was the police, the real police officer in the episode. He was also in another episode of SMK which is. Um, going to come up is Promises to Keep. Right? We haven't done that one yet. Right. That's season four. They, let's see, the next person I have is Mr. Deep Voice, Lyndon Childs, who played um, Sanderson North. Okay, this is going to sound dumb, but the most interesting thing I found out about him was there are two things. One, he passed away in 2013 after accidentally falling off his roof.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: I know, right? so Tragic. Strange, like that, you don't expect to see that. Most of these actors, when they're that old, you, you expect, you know, just normal things. But but the other thing that I thought was cool is he was at a UCLA theater class or directing class, and he was spotted by Ted Post, a director, and given this small part in Rawhide, and that's how he got into acting. Huh. So he was scouted, and that you hardly ever hear that, you know... You always, that's always, what, what's the word? A um, cliche mm-hmm. that, you know, people are spotted on the street, right. spotted in a class and cast. Well, this guy actually was.
2: His voice, though, is so like so radio he... announcer and deep and like yep. warm. And...
1: So let's see. The next one I have is um, Elizabeth Harmon Hayde, who um, played Officer Harmon.
2: She made a boo-boo in the episode. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, she made a boo-boo. But she's been in a ton of stuff. As a not necessarily as a recurring character, but like a a semi-recurring character, she was in Criminal Minds. She was in ER in a couple of episodes. She was in um, The Guardian, which is one that I really enjoyed, that only had like one season. And Doctor Queen Medicine Woman. She was in a couple episodes of that. She's still alive, but she's no longer acting. Her last credit, I think, was a few years ago.
2: Gary Bayer. What was he in? Because he seems like he was in a bunch of...
1: Oh, 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 oh. The guy that played Jake.
2: Yes. He's like so syrupy sweet in this.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of stuff in the 80s. He did Nots Landing. He did... Oh, he was in Psycho 3 as Father Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Staying elsewhere. Simon and Simon. Peggy and Lacey. He did did the whole gambit in the 80s of the, the popular shows. The thing that he was on the recur- the recurring characters he played one was on knots landing one was on um me and mrs c which i believe that was a spin-off of what was the name of the show it was i think it was a spin-off maybe not
2: the show was called me and mrs c mhm
1: yeah it was it was only on for like 2 years it was on two seasons i i i've heard of it but i don't think i got to see very many of the episodes I can't remember what it, I was thinking. It was a spinoff, but maybe
2: I'm wrong. I don't know. No, um, I've never heard of it.
1: He was on a couple episodes of that. He was actually a regular. the uh, The most famous thing that they have on his list is Knots Landing.
2: He looks. Um, he, he's definitely familiar to me, so it could be Knots Landing. It could be Cagney and Lacey. Yeah,
1: because he was on a lot of different mm-hmm. shows. So.
2: I definitely watched those when I was younger.
1: Uh, we can do next Alex Rodin, who was Stanislav. Um, he was in the original Battlestar Galactica. He played, wasn't one of the main characters, but he was, I think he was in a couple of episodes. But he too was in a lot of the 70s and 80s shows as a bit character. He was in uh, Rockford Files, Fantasy Island, The Jefferson. I'm trying to make different ones here. Greatest American Hero, also Cagney and Lacey, Falcon Press. The most recent thing that he was in was in 2002, which was Passions the TV series Passions, but I don't know if he has passed away or not because it
2: doesn't have any updates. I couldn't find any updates on him.
1: He may still be with us, but just be retired. And that's all the guest stars that I have for this episode, all of the interesting things.
2: In order to find the leak in the agency's defector program, Lee and Amanda keep a close eye on a recently relocated scientist who defected to the U.S. into a safe house in Amanda's neighborhood. Only trouble is... Dottie West is keeping an even closer eye on the charming scientist and gets pulled into the kidnapping plot. Heaven help us
1: for a handsome Russian man. Yes. Dottie's on the prowl, baby. Yeah, she's aggressive in
0: this one. Yeah, she's she like, is. I'm showing up and I'm getting to know that guy.
2: She wanted to bring her Russian uh, romance novel to life, I think.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Rear. Can't believe we
0: guest
2: yeah i love how uh when she says it's just so boring around here you know kind of the fact that nothing ever changes around there and it's not very exciting <laughs> and man just looks at her like uh, yeah that's what we need in this in this uh family is more excitement." so we are uh, shown to be at arrow north and uh it's a company and there's a very nervous to say the least uh guy mm-hmm. uh in his car and uh he is waiting for someone and very anxiously we know it's uh him trying to meet with lee which i would be anxious to meet with him as well so i get it mm-hmm.
0: he's an anxious redhead
2: <laughs> is that I, th- I thought they were hotheads i didn't know they were anxious as well is that the way they just get all the bad traits so then a guy pulls up and pulls out a gun and it's like aiming it at the guy and like looking at him for a few seconds. And then uh Lee pulls up and then the guy gets nervous and, and gets back in his car. So Lee's waiting for this guy to show up, because apparently he's been called there. And does a he loves that little somersault little uh, tuck roll that he does. <laughs> the the anxious guy almost runs Lee over and he's like, What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> and then he checks with him, he's like, Hey, are you Stetson? And he's like, Yeah, and he throws him. This uh, envelope, which is pretty full, and he says he's, you know, being followed. So Lee gets back in his car and takes off.
1: We talked about how Lee's costumed in this because
2: I, I liked it. Oh, <laughs> you, well, then yes, we can, of course.
1: I like that outfit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, I have to go back. I'm sorry. I like
1: the jacket, for sure. Oh, it's a leather jacket, yeah.
2: Le- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Lexi in her leather jacket. She loves that. <laughs> Love leather. But so do you like do you like the anxious driver's leather coat too, Lex? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much, huh? I'd rather uh I mean he looks better in leather than would in like a trench coat or something like that. I think
1: a leather coat elevates pretty much anyone. Really? Compared to what else they could be wearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leather coat
2: helps helps elevate. Do you mm-hmm. like the gingham shirt? Is that what you like too, uh, Miranda? Yeah, I just
1: liked the the whole like the I jeans and
2: that particular and... ensemble. The ensemble, I, I yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got his jeans on. They're not the um, high waisted dad jeans either, so that's good. No, yeah, they,
1: they. He just looked good
2: there. I can count on my one hand how many times he doesn't look good. You know what I mean? So, <laughs>
1: but okay, rephrase.
2: But his I see what outfit you
1: outfit looked as good
2: as he did. Well, let's not get too carried away. <laughs> but yeah, my no, bad. he looks he looks good. Yeah, I, I do want to um, deal with a plot issue, though, and it's a minor one. But so he, when he leaves, Lee gets in his car and takes off. And then in a few seconds here, we're going to be at the agency. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Not really. Um, and Lee says that the guy said he was being followed. And and uh, Billy says something to the effect of, did you see the other vehicle? Or did you something about did you get get the license of the other vehicle? He goes, no, it was already you didn't see it because you were it, it left after him. So I was like, how does that even possible? So hold on. He
0: said he, didn't see he was driving the car I don't know what else he
2: says. So the guy's name is Jerry, and that's the only name he gave uh, to Lee and he said he wanted to talk to him about his company who's cheating and and Billy's like, okay, so he's a whistleblower. Do you have any theory why he ran on you? He said, no, no, I didn't see who was driving the other car. But Lee didn't even see that there was another car because the car left after Lee left. How is that even possible?
0: I don't know. Did he see it before? I don't know. But it it
2: wasn't even in the, it wasn't in the shot at all. And then Lee took off and then the car comes into the shot. So that's why I was just like, hey, you didn't know there was another car, you know? It's Like I said, it's minor. I was just wondering. Anxious Redhead just said that <laughs> someone was redhead. watching him. It's Jerry. Jerry the Jerry. Redhead. <laughs> but I do like, I think I like Anxious uh, Redhead instead. <laughs> so yeah. keep going with that. That was cute. And and Lee's saying, you know, he didn't know what happened when he got there. He, you know, because this guy just comes out of, Anxious Jerry just comes out of nowhere. And uh, Billy says, and he just threw whatever that is. And then... Francine tells us exactly what was in those envelopes. It's uh, the debriefings from three of the most recent Soviet um, debriefings that they've had from defectors. So they've got all the information. Now I have to say, and I'm I'm always I'm never a like fan of Francine's clothing too much, but I think she looks really good there. I like her hair up. It's a little too helmety, but um, I like the gold earrings. I love the white coat and I like the gold top. I think that looks really nice. I, I do
1: like the hair a lot. I think it looks just really again. I love the earrings and I honestly don't recall the top. But I I, I just don't like one and look at it. I'm just not a fan of that. Oh no, I don't like the top.
2: Mm-mm, no, don't
1: like no. it. No, the white
2: coat or you don't like the gold.
1: I don't like the gold. Oaks oh, okay. like I don't even want to say it. I don't like it though. Yeah, I feel like wearing the earrings. The Earrings, I love. I wear those
2: today. Yeah, those are pretty. I, I like the white coat. Um, I'm, I think it could be regardless of the top underneath it. I think it would look nice, whatever color was under there. But I like the white, uh, the white coat on her. It looks good. She doesn't I usually think wear she that. Wears the
1: bright, bold colors. Like that's what I She has such a like a she's she's she has blonde hair. But she has like more of a like a tan kind of complexion, mm-hmm. and I think off the bold colors really well yeah these true. colors just make her look more
0: classy you know that's the exactly and and
2: I'm always a I I'm I always like the classic look
0: I like the little moon pin I heard that the silver one.
2: Oh, I didn't even see that it's
0: either a half circle or a moon I'll
2: call it a moon watching this show you would think everybody wore lapel pins but I don't remember people wearing those back in the 80s I mean I was a kid and all but still I don't remember that
1: I do. My do grandma had like nine gazillion of them. Okay, my grandmas maybe, them. but yeah, but my aunts wore Younger them. ones,
2: okay. I don't, I don't yeah. remember that. My mom didn't. I don't remember my mom wearing them. It maybe definitely if, wasn't kids. Young yeah, weren't wearing them. Yeah, thank goodness.
0: My, my mom <laughs> and grandmother had them. And yeah, I remember getting them as presents when I was like a
2: teenager, and I'm like, what? What am yeah. I going to do with this? <laughs> I'm going to wear this. <laughs>
1: yeah, my yeah. The there I, I I saw a lot of people wearing them, but it was like to church and to fancy okay. restaurants and stuff like that. Like people didn't wear them every day. Fancy people wore them, right? Oh, fancy. We and didn't like,
2: wear damn stuff when I was growing up. <laughs> we
1: were lucky if I had shoes on. What are you oh talking about? Gosh.
2: That's okay. I didn't grow up like that, but
1: well, I was being sarcastic. I okay,
2: good. Scared,
1: but I live in Kentucky. I have to.
2: Pick you got a, You have a, a stereotype. You gotta fulfill, right? That's,
1: that's right. I've got a, a reputation. I've got to live up
2: to. Uh, most of us, like most of her ensemble. Okay. <laughs> so what Francine's kind of filling them in on is that. Everything that, that was said in the debriefings are is all in these are all in these documents. They obviously have a leak in the defector program. And since apparently the agency is heading it, uh, I think Lee said something about it's uh, leaking their own plumbing. So they want to figure it out. So they're going to, they're trying to figure out where to put Zernoff, Dr. Zernoff. He's a metallurgist and uh, uh, from Russia, and um, they are trying to find him a place to go where they can keep him watch, uh, keep a watch on him so they can keep an eye on him and uh, make sure that nothing happens to him like it has the others where they're getting information from him, which I, I have a question, which I'll ask later, but there's a big plot hole for me that i have just, I've never understood. But so they're trying to, they're like scrambling their brains, not for very, it's not a hard, task here but they're trying to figure out where to put him uh where uh it'll just seem like a regular safe house but still be in the proximity of the agency so billy says you know where can we find an unassuming regular normal neighborhood and of course lee you know has his little smirk because he knows exactly where he's going with this of course right they're saying you know if the transcripts show up again then they're going to know that like i said that there's a leak in the plumbing and lee looks uncomfortable doesn't he like anybody have any ideas and he's just like oh oh well
0: yeah but he knows that neighborhood like the back of his hand
2: yes he does
0: (laughs) he's been sneaking around there for years yes he
2: has (laughs) i mean we have to stop right here I want to know what everybody thinks of uh, Miss Western Lady here in her little uh, Western top.
0: I was looking at that. It seems, it seems like you're trying to like draw attention somewhere. Where, like it's trying. Like
2: they're trying to make it like, oh, look at her shoulders, so that her waist looks even smaller. It's like, dude, I mean, she's already tiny enough. You don't need to accentuate her waist.
1: Not need any help there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got, like, buttons holding the, like, flaps. So, like, it's, like, maybe she's going to be, like, the flying nun or something. Like, (laughs) My
1: question when I was watching this, how do you even iron that? Like, to make sure that the bottom part stays pressed without the top part creating a line on the bottom layer. Like, how do you position the, like, when you're ironing? Anyway. I know. I know
2: know the Uh, answer to that. You give it to your dry cleaner.
1: I should have known. Well, I was thinking
0: about something completely different, which is it looks like one of my nursing shirts that I had back Oh, in the you day. mean like nursing, like nursing <laughs> like babies?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's what they look like. They all had like these kind of. They had like these little hidden. Little hidden yeah, you're right. It's
2: you like pow. You're right, they did. So you could pop that little puppy out. <laughs> Well luckily she only wears this for like a few uh, just for a couple seconds in the scene and that's it and then you don't see it again if i remember correctly
0: Or, or is this when she puts like a sweater over it
2: May oh she maybe might are- maybe maybe she yeah. hides it and i just uh it was out of my sight so out of my mind Um but what they're walking down the hall in the uh in the um agency and Lee's explaining to her that he's going to be putting Dr. Zernoff there and he wants her to befriend him And she's like, well, wait a minute. What if he's a what if he's a double agent? Like she doesn't want to bring that stuff into her neighborhood, right? So uh, he's like, no, no, no. He's really nice, and it's like, yeah, because no nice guys are ever bad guys, right, (laughs) Lee? Like, hello. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, no way. But he goes, that's why the leaks are so mysterious. He's a scientist, one of their top met- metallurgists. Uh, he spent 25 years at the Vosha. I was thinking about the
0: scene and thinking that Taylor would love to have these light, lit signs. Oh my gosh. I was already
2: <laughs> thinking that. I was like, I would love one of those, especially that like the- big one. Oh my God, that would be awesome. I would totally make that like the centerpiece somewhere. <laughs> I, I would love that. Ended up. Oh, you know, it breaks my heart, but I bet you they're just probably like in some old warehouse somewhere or thrown out. I would, I would love that. Excavating
0: some old landfill. Oh man, that breaks my
2: heart. I would, I would kill for that. I really would.
0: They're pretty, even the little ones. I know.
2: That's why I was like those little ones that are they always have outside of uh, the doors and stuff, like the psych analyst one, the um, that one. That would be cool. Any of those. I would take that. That'd be awesome. He said, uh, at least telling her that he spent 25 years at the Vosha Research Complex in Minsk, which a man's probably like, okay. (laughs) And she's like, well, if he's a a general genuine defector then what's the big deal and he goes because then we can't figure out who you know where the leak is so she gets it she that he you know what uh, what he's asking of her and she says she'll do it and he seems to be happy i don't hate usually i don't like his suits when they're in that taupey color but i don't mind this one it's kind of got some light pinstriping in it like uh, a nice pattern in it with different colors that's kind of muted i don't hate it
1: yeah it's, it's not bad. I, I just always like more
2: in a color. I love the blue and the gray. That's my favorite on them. But yeah, I don't hate this one. <laughs> a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. Her hair looks really good here too, I think. Yeah,
1: I agree.
2: Yeah. Now the boys are going somewhere on a picnic and they, they don't like her uh, goofy picnic basket. But I bet you they don't mind all the good food she's putting in there. Marshmallows. I don't know what else was in there. Some chips. Your favorite uh, sweater, a bit dotty sweaters on. I love that sweater. I know, so does Lixie. It it looks like
0: they're going, are they going camping because of the sleeping bag? They're doing doing? something.
2: Yeah, and it makes sense because they're doing the the s'mores. Uh, It looked like the s'mores, you know, with the the marshmallows. Which, what happened to her hiding spot? She goes, can you hand me the marshmallows? And her mom went just right, right to it and grabbed them. (laughs) So much for not knowing where she puts them. The boys probably are going camping, though. They're going somewhere where um, Amanda doesn't need to worry about where they're at.
1: <laughs> Isn't that what yeah. that
2: is? <laughs> Just like every fanfic anybody writes, like, oh, the kids are with uh, so-and-so. <laughs> they're at an overnight. Well,
0: especially since Di disappears eventually, yeah. too. There's no one taking care of them. So exactly. There with somebody.
2: Yeah. Which, is this the next day? It must be the next day, right? Because Amanda's in totally different clothes which I'm not a fan of. That's those vests, those sweater vests. I do not care for those. I like her in the blue, but I don't like her in the sweater vest. But yeah, can you imagine being a prop person and finding that a bit dotty sweater? I'd be like, oh my god, we have to use this for for Beverly. We have to. It's so funny. They
0: found this somewhere for the show over like this is a
2: score. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, you'd be so excited <laughs> if you were a prop person. Like, I have the best sweater for Beverly to wear. <laughs> Amanda tells her mother that she's going to go do a welcome call for the new neighbor. And Dottie's reading uh, this this Russian novel. And uh, she's getting really tied up into it. And she tells her all this stuff about it. And Amanda's like, isn't that a little far-fetched? <laughs> and, uh... She's like, you have no imagination.
1: <laughs> I, it's so ironic when Amanda is like, literally, you know, working with spies and like Amanda is the...
2: Is living the, the novels. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Living a similar storyline to the novel,
2: but don't you think it's a little far-fetched? I love how Dottie goes, the KGB, that's the Russian police. <laughs> your Your daughter... Dottie has brought down some of those KGB agents. Thank you very much. Right. If only she knew. But I do like how when Amanda says, you know, isn't that a little far-fetched? And she's like, you have no imagination. And she goes, "She goes, of course you don't have an imagination. It's not really your fault because around here everything is so ordinary. And she's like, don't you wish sometimes that life just was a little bit exciting? <laughs> She'd probably have a heart attack if it was any more exciting. Those boys, man, they're getting snarky at each other.
0: They're hungry, but that they're large, hungry. very large picnic basket is going to solve all their problems.
2: <laughs> Remember, they forget it.
0: Yeah, look at how big that thing
2: is. She does all that. So there's a there's somebody at the door and Philip goes to get the door. And Linda, it's probably Montez, is selling uh, the Blue Jay candy. And Amanda's like, we don't need any more candy. So, of course, he has to buy some more. Those girls looked a little young that were at the other door to be catching Philip's eye, unless he's got a fetish we're not aware of. <laughs> well, and back in the
0: day, I guess they just let young girls just walk around
2: with no adults selling. Well, yeah, we could do. Strength. Don't oh, you remember no, doing that? Did
0: that? We all did that. It was scary. <laughs>
2: it what totally was. Nowadays, you wouldn't do any of that stuff.
1: Oh my gosh! I would walk all of the neighborhood, I, and I do it three times a year. We do candy, we do the, the chocolate bars, I do the Girl Scout cookies, and then we had a magazine drive. And I did it three times a year. I would walk by myself wow. all around the neighborhood, go into people's houses, let them sign their yeah. paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. That is recipe for disaster. My God.
2: <laughs> well, now <laughs> it is. We didn't know back then.
1: I got a Walkman for selling. Um, a lot
0: of chocolate bars, so that was exciting. That so is exciting to myself.
1: <laughs> was it really worth risking your life? My, like, your your well being? Oh my god, if only, me. I mean, that, 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 you're that, like, wow, that, I can't believe
0: I did that, right? That did it wasn't that. even, it didn't it even cross for me. Cross my mind. Deal. I started my bike like all over town with no parent, it, it just oh, was just crazy. Oh, oh
1: yeah. I would, Same I'd here. Clear. Um, in the summer, I would leave at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I did not come home until 830 at night. I always had a buddy. I always had my cousin or someone with me. But yeah, I mean, we go outside and stuff, but we definitely checked in throughout the day. Oh, no. There was no beepers. There was no cell phones. Yeah, we
2: couldn't. You couldn't check in. You'd have to come home. It
1: was going in, checking in with my mom every couple hours, like, hey, I'm good. Time for lunch, time for
2: No one's kidnapped me yet.
1: Yeah. I yeah, was going to say, yeah that's why
0: so many people went missing back in the 70s and 80s and they disappear
2: without a trace it's true no one knew where
0: they i mean because we weren't even communicating between states about people disappearing so no one knew they were gone
2: practically but when philip comes back with candy um more candy from uh linda apparently jamie like gives them a hard time which my brothers all did this too just rip on each other and stuff i really do like her sweater it's, it's actually kind of cute. Besides the fact that it says a bit, Donnie, it's super cute.
1: I love it. I love that sweater. I think it's adorable.
2: It is. Jamie goes, that's the fifth box he's bought. <laughs> and, and then he goes, why don't you just shut up? And she goes, don't tell your brother to shut up. And she goes, and Jamie, it would help if you didn't egg mom. <laughs> kinda... They're brothers. They're going to
1: act like that. Totally.
2: To Minded. Snarky
1: and bratty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when they're close in
2: age like that, mm-hmm. and there's
1: always one that likes to poke
2: the other one till like they explode. Yep, pick, 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 and then they just yeah can't stand anymore and they blow up. Yep. Yeah, I was that
1: one. I was the picker.
2: I was a picker, For and what? I was a picky. It just depended.
1: <laughs> well, you had a lot more siblings than I did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I well, I had
1: one, and yo- I picked on him.
2: The younger, <laughs> the three younger ones, we we pick we we grew up kind of together. My three older ones grew up together. So we, the three of us younger ones, we uh, would pick at each other. It just, it'll always be my sister and I ganging up on my brother or my brother and my sister ganging up on me. <laughs> it was always one of those, that yeah. variation. We mm-hmm.
0: had three. So that's how, when there's three, there's always some ganging
2: up. Uh-huh. Always. But I always
0: felt like I was the peacemaker like trying to get people to just chill out. Even with my parents. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you always had to you make was it a right.
0: Mediator.
2: Yeah, the duties did not stop with the siblings. <laughs> Ugh, jeez. All right, so Amanda sends uh the boys out to wait for their ride and uh and gives them the the picnic basket which they forgot. I'm betting they were probably like, I don't want to bring this cheesy picnic basket. Let's just pr- pretend it's not here. <laughs> And we'll totally forget it. So Amanda tells her that she's going to go uh, do a welcome, a neighbor welcome uh, over on Magnolia. So it's not even on her street and she's going to go welcome this new neighbor. That is like overly friendly. <laughs> like my neighbor next door, we we didn't even do anything. We like see him in the yard. We're like, Hi. <laughs> That's about the extent of the welcome that we give.
1: The thought of going over to Dennis's house and being like, "Hey, I just made some cookies. Would you like some?" I mean, I don't know what kind
2: of. Well, he's creepy too. You have a creepy neighbor. Creepy
1: neighbor.
0: He's He's an
2: older guy, and he's just really lonely. I think. If
0: there's a homeowners association, though, maybe she needs that because we have that in our neighborhood. Oh yeah, maybe. We have a homeowners association, and so we coordinate that sort of stuff where if someone had a big water leak or something, we like get them dinner. Oh, that's you know? nice. You know, like in the- Cause yeah. we, have, we have like 12 houses in our cul-de-sac that are their own homeowners association group and we always mm-hmm. you know, treat everything. And if that was Amanda's, ca- Amanda's case in this episode, then she maybe she was in charge of welcoming
2: people. Maybe. The- although I think she's a little busy being a spy, but maybe. That could totally be, you know, on the side, I do spy work, but, you know, otherwise, I'm the president of the Homeowners Association. <laughs> I could see that.
0: Well, she does seem to have some groove about these baskets. So it like Yes, she, she does. Support.
2: Yeah, she totally yeah. does. She has a little kit, like a little kit, like Welcome to Arlington and all that stuff in there, I could see. That
1: totally sounds like an Amanda thing too. It does. That's yeah. right. And Don's like, in this case, I would like
0: to do the Welcome Basket, and the
2: man's like, no. Yeah, she's like, um, I'm gonna do it. You, somebody needs to wait with for Mr. Doyle. Well, Amanda, you could wait for Mr. Doyle. And uh, and then she's like, uh, Doctor Zernoff. She goes, Zernoff, That's Russian. And Amanda goes, I guess so. <laughs> oh, like you don't know. You've already read the dossier on him, young lady. But you love how uh, exuberant Dottie gets. She's like, I could, I could go over. She's like, No, 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 you have to stay here. <laughs> and then she seems a little too determined after that. <laughs> she kind of even looks at the camera. <laughs> yeah. So those little girls that are selling these cookies are way too young to be anywhere in Philip's age, without him being uh, a little perverse. I'm just saying. I'm not knocking your li- your man there, Miranda. I'm just saying.
1: No, I- it's fine. He, maybe he's
2: just looking for someone new to play with. Okay. I. All right. Seriously. It's, she put it right on the home plate for me. I mean, come on. I'm not supposed to do anything with that.
1: I was weighing softball. It up you totally there. did it. right. It
2: was just hanging over the home plate.
1: <laughs>
2: so now um, we see these little girls, and I am emphasizing little, uh, girls selling these, uh, the Blue Jays selling uh, candies. And now we get to meet Zernoff, and he's just the sweetest looking guy. (laughs) All I see is Miles now from uh, uh, Golden Girls. (laughs) And uh, he's bought cookies or candies from the girls, and he was just so excited to be uh, giving them. It's like if he had more money, I think he would have given it to him. (laughs) And then we get to meet Jake Lawrence. So he is from the State Department, and he's there to get Zernoff settled in, and he's very very nice he's telling him you can reach out to me day or night if you have any questions or concerns and he's like and think of me as a friend if you need anything i'm here to help loneliness is your worst enemy here so if you need something let me know and he seems sincere which is very nice you're a liar sneaky sneaky little bastard he's telling him some people might might not be as nice as you they hear russian they might be gonna get, get a little nervous they're not so friendly in return so he goes so try not to buy every box of candy <laughs> somebody tries to sell you and then he tells him, oh here's a place you should check out i wrote down the address and it's the muscovy tea room so he takes the card and then we see somebody spying on them uh, and listening so they can hear them and they can see them. They're right across the street. And it's Francine and and Lee keeping an eye on them.
3: It's a
0: stakeout. Here you go, Lexi. Um, Francine's got her bright gear on now. She's on stakeout, so Mm -hmm. not going bright.
2: It's like eggplant color.
0: Yeah.
2: With like a black turtleneck. Yeah, it
1: looks good. I I don't love the turtleneck though.
2: You hate turtlenecks. You youngsters don't like like turtlenecks. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, it's never flattering. I mean, it just pushes up all your neck fat right into your jawline, and it helps no one. No,
2: then, uh, it's, I like, I like turtlenecks. I don't wear them, but I like them. They cover up my, my neck.
0: I love that color, though. That's one of my favorite colors. It is
2: pretty. Yeah. I do like that.
0: And
1: I do like her hair. It looks yeah. like a, you know, stiff and like a helmet, but I think it's so good.
2: if I'm, if I'm not too presumptuous, I think, uh, Francine might get away without getting a nomination, for uh Crimes Against Fashion in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So far so good. So far so good for Miss Francine. Lee's looking good in that tweed coat too, I have to say.
0: We can always give others crimes against fashion. Oh, oh for, for sure. She just <laughs> lends
2: herself to to that uh that nomination so often. <laughs> when she it's can get away it's nice awards,
0: it's just for francine yeah
2: no oh no <laughs> amanda if you'll remember yeah. the fir- very first nomination i believe was me nominating amanda in the, uh, uh, a little sex a little scandal with that horrible coat
0: yeah it was
2: awful so yeah she got
0: some dizzies
2: it between the two of them i think they're gonna they're gonna sweep that category <laughs> francine asks if uh, they're going to debrief Lawrence, um, if they should, you know, bring him up to speed of what they're doing. And Lee is saying, no, he was involved in all the other three defections. So for now, we just watch, which is very good that they did that because he's a bad guy. So then Amanda comes over. She's got the basket with her for Zernoff, but she's also got a a bag of groceries. And Francine's so snarky she's like oh look at you you look like little red riding hood she goes don't worry we'll protect you from the big bad wolf (laughs) she's like thank you so much I haven't seen (laughs) it's it's kind of like you know when you have uh there's there's a guy that you're trying to impress and then Uh, there's another girl that's trying also trying to impress him so that so that um, the other person doesn't look kind of looks has egg on their face it's like Amanda's like hey I brought you some groceries and Lee's like oh thanks and she's like well actually we're you know we're gonna order out we always take we always get takeout you know like she's like mansplaining it to Amanda you know and it's Mm -hmm. like just to make Amanda look silly you know but in, in actuality Amanda's like being more logical she goes you can't have takeout three times a day over here. You need to, you know, just whip something up. That's why I brought the groceries over.
3: Right. It's like Francine's almost a little bit jealous of Amanda.
0: That's what I mean. Maybe, maybe because Lee and Amanda are really becoming closer and working very closely together. She wants to stake her territory to like, yeah, we all order takeout, Lee and I. And this is ours. Like when we do stakeouts, <laughs> this is what
2: we do. And it's like, yeah, you can't do that when you're in the stakeout. You're, you're not supposed to draw attention to yourself.
1: Clearly not
2: 2020
1: with Uber Eats and Grubhub and all of services <laughs> during a, a global pandemic.
2: <laughs> Very true. Whatever place they're at in this room, it's got a lot of pretty woodwork. Like where Lee and yeah. Francine are kind of stashed away. It's got really pretty mm-hmm. woodwork wherever they're at. I don't know where that is, but it's nice. Francine's like, isn't that sweet? Ugh, so condescending. She's like, I thought you might be tired of pizza. She goes, oh, pizza's no. <laughs> And Lee just rolls his eyes like, really? Even he's getting away from that fancy life and getting a little more normal, even this early into the season, you know? Although this isn't, I guess this is midway through because technically this is 13, even though we're doing it uh, 10th. So anyways, they're looking at the groceries and then all of a sudden we hear Daddy's very distinct voice. Zernoff is, you know, saying hello to her and everything. And Amanda's like, oh, great. (laughs) So Dottie nosied her way over there and brought over a nut, nut bread. And, uh, and now she's charming her way into his life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the woman's lonely. I mean, you know, you can't blame her.
1: she just uh, got hyped up on a Russian novel, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Silver fox man moved in down the street It's Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, she even had to drop her Dottie, a little bit Dottie sweatshirt and put
2: on yellow. Oh, she put on, she put on that yellow. She's, (laughs) she's trying to snag her a man. (laughs) Some pearls. She does look good in the yellow though, I think. Most people don't. She looks good. She introduces herself as Dottie and he's like, oh, such a, which is kind of rude. Such a, what do you say? Such a, um, a humble name. For such a gracious person. And she's like, Well, my real name's Dorothea. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I shall call you Dorothea. And she's like, Oh yes. <laughs> They're charming each other's pants off. <laughs> not literally, just No, not funny. literally. That's <laughs> naughty. <laughs> so then we hear uh we hear the doorbell ring and Amanda's at the door. And she does a little spiel to inter- to welcome him to the neighborhood. And she's like, oh, I see you've already met my mother. And he's like, oh, this is your mother. He's like, you are every bit of as lovely as she. So now they're going to have tea for three. And
0: Dottie's like, darn. I know. <laughs> Amanda, get out of here.
2: <laughs> and she's like, it's all right. Don't worry about me. Andre is not shy at all. In fact, I offered him to show him in the sights and we're going this afternoon. <laughs> And Amanda's like, oh, that's so very nice of you, mother. She's like throwing daggers at her. Then we're at like a little park with a carousel. I
0: actually looked this up. I was curious. And it's uh, Griffith Park. But I don't remember there being a carousel when we went. But maybe there is I one don't remember one. that one.
2: either. But I think yeah. this could be, they also might have used this um, in Cagney and Lacey, I remember. And I think they also used it in uh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah,
0: it's cited as a filming location at, for a, quite a few TV shows. So
2: Yeah, it, it looks familiar. It looks like, mm-hmm. um, I remember the episode in Lisi that it was in where some psychic was trying to help them find uh, this person, this woman that was missing. It, it was centered kind of around this carousel thing. And then Charlie's Angels, uh, they had one or two episodes where it was like a uh, carousel too. And it looks just, yeah, so it so looks very similar. It's
3: cited as Merry-Go-Round, Griffith
0: Park. hmm And it's 4730 Crystal Springs Drive, Los Angeles. Hmm. So it might not be there anymore. Yeah. There's quite a few TV shows and such that were filmed there. Actually, one from 2016. Wow.
2: So I guess it was there at least then.
0: 2016, what was it? The Dandy Warhols, Catcher in the Rye, a short drama. I don't know. And an alias.
1: I was going to say, the one that they used in Uh Uh (laughs) alias. (laughs) Aha! There's, there's also, they, they used one in Castle too, that might be the same one.
0: Probably. It's,
1: on CSI, it's CSI New York. It's it filmed there.
0: Um, Heart to Heart, Knott's Landing, MacGyver, Melrose Place, Mission Impossible.
1: Which one were you asking about, Miranda? There oh, was the, one in Castle. They they used it. Oh, uh, used... Yep. Yeah. Tick, tick, tick is the episode?
0: Castle? <laughs> and uh, The Mentalist. I'll, I um, Seen Red. I have to... I was
1: gonna it say, must, it still, must still be there.
2: Griffith Park is huge.
1: Yeah, it must be there somewhere, I would think. Mm-hmm. Next trip, we'll have to go find it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. When we were there, Lane took uh, Brady um, for uh, uh, horseback riding uh, in Griffith Park. <laughs> So maybe they saw it, you have to ask them. Yeah, I have to. They went to that, well, Tyler and I went to uh, the Universal tour.
0: Nice.
2: So we're at the carousel now, and now we're seeing the bad guys converge upon each other. (laughs) So now we have North, he's making his first presence here. And uh, then we have Jake Lawrence, and then we also have uh, Kurtz. And they're talking about... Uh, the fact that Anxious Jerry got in touch with uh, the agency and um, they're not sure what he's told them. So they're freaking out. And Lawrence is now just hearing about this and he's telling them, let's pull the plug. We're done. Forget about this. And they're like, no, this is, um, apparently Zernoff is like the key to everything. He's the most important piece of this. So they are continuing and uh, he just needs to suck it up. Yeah, Mr. Deep Dark Voice. So they need information from him from the alloys. Now, here's my question. If they've already debriefed him, okay, I guess I'm assuming, and maybe this is my my issue, is that Lawrence was part of the debriefing. So he's already knows all this stuff. Then why do they need to debrief him again? That's what I don't get. Like they've already debriefed him. So why can't they just steal the wouldn't it be easier just to steal the, um, get a copy, like make a copy of the, of the debriefing transcripts that rather than kidnap them go through all this stuff that they do to get him and then debrief him again?
0: I thought it was because, well, it's a good point. I thought Arrow North maybe needed some very specific information if they were going to get a steal and make allies for, for like fighter planes itself to the United States, they would need more detailed information. I all that stuff, but I don't
2: know. But then you go back to the beginning where Francine said, it's everything that we got from the debriefing. So it's not like it's new. It seemed like it was not new information. And if it was so detailed, you'd think they would catch on like, oh, someone's getting, whoever's asking for this information is getting more, even more detail because they want, they're focusing on this. You know what I mean? It just seems odd.
0: Maybe this is a way to get the information to them that they couldn't trace i don't know it seems pretty risky to me to kidnap somebody
2: (laughs) yeah you would think they would it would be less risky
0: i just thought maybe you know if you're going to engineer something you might have if you're going to steal secrets and kind of engineer it you You need more more details details. yeah i don't know though
2: yeah i mean it's just and i know we we should never poke holes in the plot because we'll just fall through but it just always seems like this one just always was like, why wouldn't they? I don't understand why they needed to to debrief him again. They've already debriefed him, but I guess you can play a lot of these things and say, well, they probably needed more details, and it wasn't enough details where it would make shed light on the fact of who's asking the questions or needing the more details. You know what I mean? So I guess it's possible. It just always, I don't know, it always just me yeah, on that for some reason. Seems risky to
0: have yeah. a separate cop car and all, well, yeah. spoiler alert, but all the things they had to set
2: this up. It's very convoluted. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It has to, they have to do a whole lot of things where they could just get the photocopy in. Anyways, uh, Lawrence is not happy, but he's got to go along with it because what is he going to do? Amanda's comes back from uh, visiting with Zernoff and she's like, sorry about this. Like, you know, my mother got involved. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And uh, Lee's like, it's okay. He, you know, he's kind of like just normal. First, first season Lee, he would have been like ticked off at her, and you know, upset like it's her fault kind of thing. But now he's like, okay, let's let's take this and spin it and use it to our advantage kind of thing, which is nice. Yeah, he's got a good
1: attitude about it. got a good
2: point. Yeah. So Lee's like, we'll just follow her. I'll I'll follow her around. Uh, you'll put a bug in her purse, and she's like, um, in my mother's purse. She goes, "A listening That's a bug, no." And she's like, "You've asked me to do a lot of things, but I am not doing that." And he's like, "That's this is, isn't much different, Amanda." She goes, "This is my mother." And he's like, "Hey, short of you know pulling Zernoff off the street, you know this is the only way we can do it, and we won't we won't uh, figure out what the le- you know where the leak is." Where's the bug? <laughs> she's just like, "Okay, I got to put a bug in my mother's purse. Well, let's do it." <laughs> Architecturally, I love North's office built-ins those are gorgeous they're at yeah, 1336 and the color of the walls against the white on the shelves i love that it's kind of like art deco say
1: it's yeah i agree i like it a lot
2: it's pretty and then they got like a cheap ass uh, fern in the in the corner that just takes it all away but otherwise it looked pretty <laughs> pretty fancy too <laughs> um but your your guy your anxious uh redhead is there <laughs> anxious yeah, jerry he's
0: being anxious, he's being anxious
2: again <laughs> and what a good guy it's so sad his demise is coming no. spoiler alert but he's there and he's like hey you know i didn't want to meet in the office because you know i don't know who's all involved and it's like yeah ding dong you don't know who's involved so why are you going to the top they're gonna kill you now <laughs> And North is like, so, oh yeah, thanks so much for, you know, like, who have you told, you know, yeah, we better get some information. And um, he's like, let's, let's have you call your, your contact and, and set up a meet and, and and then we'll go from there. It's like, oh my gosh, do you know nothing about how this, these bad guys work?
0: He should be suspicious.
2: Yeah. Especially being well, so anxious.
1: Yeah. He was suspicious enough to be a whistleblower. So why, why all of a sudden, would he feel the need to just go and 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 tell someone that that you know so he owned the company, right? This guy. Yeah, the, the buck stops there, dude. Yeah, like there's there's no way that this is happening without some inkling of and You can just totally screw yourself.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "You did the right thing." Who have you talked to? And it's like, oh gosh, anxious Jerry, don't you know? <laughs> He goes, I I called the agency, no names, and arranged a meeting with Mr. Stetson, except someone else was there. Really? He goes, I think he had a gun. And he's like, oh, but you haven't really made contact with him yet. He does, he does, he glosses over the fact that the guy had a gun. And he goes, "Uh, does he know where the papers came from? He's like, no. He goes, I'm very concerned about this. It's like, oh my God, it's so fake, dude. (laughs) He goes, I want it stopped now. Really? Really, dude? He goes, be circumspect. And uh, call him and uh, arrange a meeting. and we'll go from there. He's like, yes, sir. uh Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Now, Zernov's getting a little uh, sketchy here for us. We don't know what, what's going on, but he's speaking to somebody, telling him they have to meet at two o'clock Rock Creek Park. And uh, then he starts speaking Russian. And, uh, you, you know, we don't know. They, they didn't translate it for us or anything. And then... Uh, we see Lee and Francine playing it back, and they actually get confirmation from some cool little gadget they have that uh, uh, they're pretty sure that it's Stanislav on the other end. So now they know that both of those gentlemen are meeting later in Rock Creek Park.
0: At first, I thought they were going to put a little cassette in there and we translate it.
2: I did, too. Translated I still thought that. Just watching it recently, <laughs> I thought the same thing, Jen.
0: But then it was just a voice matchup, but all oh, right. Yeah, something,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's still cool and gadgety <laughs> yeah now from this angle it looks like her living room is still or her uh dining room is still painted gray <laughs> from back from um three faces of emily
1: the three faces home. of emily
2: <laughs> yes
1: Another episode that I miss talking about because,
2: and it's one of my favorites. It figures, you know, Murphy's Law. So Amanda comes in and she's not very uh, secretive. She like grabs her mother's purse and she's got it behind her and she's trying to fiddle with opening it up so she can slip in the little, it's kind of cool. They had like a little um, packet of stamps and they slid the bug inside there. So instead of just having a bug sitting in her purse, which is kind of smart she can't get it in there fast enough and her mother's about to leave. And she's like, you know, I'm really worried about you that you're going to be cold. You should get a blanket. And then she sticks the, she's able to distract her long enough to get the the bug in her purse.
0: I just want to point out that this is Dottie's third outfit of the day. She's like, she's you're right. In this outfit. She's like, Dottie sweater, yellow sweater. Now we're in
1: cream and black check. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> She's, like, one of the, you know, girls that are getting ready for their first date. They try all these things. Messy. She's put on, like, ten different tops. And then, do I wear a skirt or pants? Oh, I should probably wear pants because we're going to a park. And, you know, anyway, she's, like, giddy. She's totally giddy.
0: Yeah. Like, yellow might not look good now going to the park. Yeah.
2: Right. Okay. And then I love it. Amanda goes, and, um, Mother, just don't say anything that you – Don't want to see on the front page of the newspaper. She's like, of course not. And then she's like, what? (laughs) She's like, "Uh, uh, don't worry about it.
0: A little warning. Don't say anything.
2: Just don't say anything. Which of course she does. Uh, Things that Amanda wishes she wouldn't have said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we're glad she said them.
2: Yeah. Totally glad. So poor Dottie's got a, and I have to say, I feel for her on this. So Dottie's got to parallel park the station wagon
1: I can't
2: believe she attempts it. Well, when I was in driver's training, so just um, probably three years after this, four years after this, maybe three or four years after this, I had to do the same exact thing in the middle of a super uh, busy festival that they were having down, downtown. And I had to, and I was in a stupid station wagon and it was a big station wagon and I had a parallel park in front of a Porsche. Like, so one of the cars was a Porsche and then some other vehicle, like a beater. But I had to sit there and I was so nervous I was going to hit this poor person's Porsche. And uh, I did it, but it was, it wasn't the best, but I passed. So, but I feel for her. I know exactly what she's (laughs) feeling now, but I can parallel park really well now. My husband will pull up and get out and get, and get, we'll switch places so I can parallel park for him. That's how bad, either (laughs) bad he is or good I am. I'm not sure which is which, but anyways they make it so
0: easy these days like our cars are older but Mm. most cars have like like basically you know guiding lines on how to back in mine
2: supposedly does it i haven't had to use it but mine supposedly does the you just let go and it does it kind of thing she did it though she did a nice job on it yeah i do like how they have that running the running joke of her not being able to drive like it it it's actually consistent throughout the, the the series that she, you know, in the beginning and the first time she says, you know, I don't drive. So it wasn't easy. And then, then on here, she's, you know, worried about parallel parking. And then her, uh, Amanda's has to say in a few minutes, uh, that, oh, my mother only makes right turns, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's like this running and then, um, waiting for Godorski, she was taking driver's training and was horrible at it. So it's kind of like a running, um, joke the whole time. It's kind of funny. The rare times they stayed consistent with something. So Lee and Amanda pull up not far uh, behind, uh, Dottie and Zernoff. And, uh, they're they're listening in and Amanda just doesn't like it she goes what could be interesting that the agency would want to hear and he goes well you know there's supposed to be a meeting here and he goes but you know what if it makes you feel uncomfortable both of us don't have to listen I'll just put these headphones on so then she's then she's sitting there and like she's missing out on something and then Lee just totally like throws a line and she just bites it like hook line and sinker now if it makes you feel uncomfortable both of us don't have to listen to it do we (laughs) And your daughter, Amanda, she
3: remains unmarried also.
1: Yes, I don't understand it. Hmm. What?
3: I thought you didn't want to know.
1: Oh, come on.
3: There's nothing. All right, uh, your mother just said that Zernoff was very handsome. Please. and They're talking about marriage. They're
1: talking about... Oh, come on. I mean, heaven knows she's had enough chances. She was engaged to a wonderful man about two years ago. Yeah, well, maybe it wasn't wonderful, but he did have a good job, and he was wild about Amanda.
3: But she was not so wild about it.
1: No, well, she was fond of it, but then she got this job at this production company called IFF or something like that, and I don't know, she just lost interest in Dean, I don't know. I think that there's somebody at work, but she hasn't said
3: anything. <coughs> and Excuse me. Oh, <clears throat> right. no,
2: better go. Losing range. He
0: knows it's him. That's the thing, he knows. He
2: and knows, and he knows. she knows he knows. Oh, cool.
0: killer. He's got that cool boombox
2: too. <laughs> I just like that <laughs> Oh my. Are- I hope you're being funny. It is not <laughs> a cool yeah. boombox. It's like a big old beast.
0: I, I know. Back in the day, man, people used to carry those things all around. Yeah, and
2: they put them on their shoulders for some reason. I love how Dottie brings up Dean. It's been years and she keeps bringing up Dean. It's like, Dottie, just go date Dean because you really, really want to. We know you do. Just do it. So then they start getting static because they're moving further away from them. So they have to get out and start following them that way. So once again, the the tree foliage would, um, would indicate that it's uh, summer and uh, they are in winter coats. So I guess because they're filming and it's they're filming in January, so maybe they felt like they needed to uh, make it seem like it was later. I
1: don't know. I mean, keep in mind, Tayo, with Michigan weather, like the, yeah. the that we been through. So yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe DC uh, was going through an equally
2: DC wink wink weather craziness. I do and like her Amanda's coat though. I know. I can't disagree with you another time. I'm going to get a reputation. Oh. <laughs> No, everybody's got to disagree with me. I'm a, I'm always wrong. <laughs> no, I do like the coat though. I always like those uh, long coats like that with uh, the heavier coats. I think it's because I can never wear wool. So because I'm allergic. So I always... Uh Like to, I like what I, I, I covet what I can't have. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) So, uh, they get, uh, over and they're like right behind the bushes from, uh, Dottie and they're talking, they're in a whisper, but it's not, it's, it's a stage whisper (laughs) for sure. And, uh, and then Lee goes to find out where Zernoff is to see, uh, catch him with, uh, Stanislav and um amanda makes a noise and of course dottie thinks it's andre and comes over and then catches amanda <laughs> red-handed spying on her she goes and don't give me any mumbo jumbo <laughs> she's like i think it's sweet and i am she very touched about it. yeah she's like but darling i am fine there's no reason to follow me now i want you to go home and she does amanda doesn't even say anything she's just like okay <laughs> and picks up her boombox and leaves <laughs> and then uh lee catches up with uh zernoff and stanislav and uh they're they're not happy with each other and they're speaking in russian and then they they uh bid each other dasvidanya and then they leave lee then this is confusing to me so lee gives amanda the car the corvette and has her and he's like can you handle it and she's like yeah she goes she only um makes right hand turns (laughs) why couldn't she handle the corvette it's clearly an automatic now And uh, anyway, so Lee leaves and goes and gets another car somehow. I'm not sure how that works. And uh, he meets up with uh, Anxious Jerry. What's with the darts? That one dude doesn't like to use bullets. He only uses these special exotic darts.
1: (laughs) Maybe it's more intimate to use darts than a bullet.
2: Less blood, I guess. I don't know.
0: They don't have to worry about... Lee catching some wood shrapnel in the eye either. Yeah, right. Remember when yeah. he was getting shot with the wood Yeah, brunettes
2: are in. Yeah, when they were filming that one. So... Something different. Yeah, maybe. And it comes in handy later in the next scenes, I guess. But the guy pulls out his dart gun, hits Anxious Jerry. He's no longer anxious. And uh, he uh, goes through a, a plate glass window. And uh, Lee... Uh, runs down chasing after the guy and the guy uh, shoots and misses three times with the dart gun, uh, luckily. And then Lee shoots with his real gun and chases after the guy. And the guy gets away, but we get to see, Lee doesn't get to see it, but we get to see Aero North Corp, uh, like a bumper sticker on the back of the bumper. And I don't know if Lee actually saw it, but maybe, I can't remember if he mentions it.
1: I don't think he does.
2: No? Okay. And then we get a really pretty uh, sky view of, of D.C., And then we're at the Muscovy uh, tea room. So uh, this is in the evening and Amanda's sitting out like a perv listening to her mother's date (laughs) in uh, Lee's car. And she's phoning in, letting uh, Francine know where uh, she is so that she can relay that back to Lee so that he can meet up with her. I know
1: it's the car phone um, that she's holding, but... It
2: looked so much like a remote. That's how they, that was a real, that was a real car phone. I
1: looked at my remote and I looked at that and I'm like, she's totally talking into one. It was probably
2: a bag phone because that's what came out around that time with bag phones. Mm -hmm. So all all the parts were inside the bag and then you had the handheld that you would pull up. But it was like a, it was like a, think of um, a fanny pack. With a with yeah. a phone in it, but a little bigger. That's what they were, Crazy. and that's what that looked like.
0: It totally looks like a remote, though. It does. It
2: totally <laughs> did. Yeah. At you it. was
0: like Jesus just holding a remote up there.
2: It was, but it had the cord and everything. That's how they looked. My boss had um, had one like that, um, and that was only like five years after that. So it definitely um, they looked like that. And I can only imagine how more archaic they looked even five years before that. So the um, tea room's really pretty. Yeah. Very quaint. The, the black and white tiles don't really go with it with the theme of the rest of the room. But uh, otherwise, it's uh, very uh, Russian tea room looking, you know. <laughs> and then they have really pretty music playing. And it seems to be stirring some emotions in uh, Zernoff For Zernoff. He is getting homesick. And she seems to be enjoying it. She's actually, doesn't have a lot of lines in this part. Dottie doesn't. Uh, Beverly doesn't. Yeah. Which I was like, boy, she seems really restrained in here. Like, she's not saying much. It was kind of weird. She just kind of tends, uh, she seems like she's just taking it all in, you know?
1: Sort of like in Fearless Dottie when she doesn't know what's going on around her. (laughs) Yeah.
2: She's oblivious. (laughs) Well, here I think she's absorbing everything. Like, I think she's, like enjoying the music she's enjoying the company and she's probably you know thinking oh this is a, a new boyfriend material you know yeah she seems very rom like she's really getting into the romance of it all mm-hmm.
1: and the russian which- ambiance mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say which makes sense with when you're talking about in the beginning of the episode that's what she was all into yes with the, the story
2: yes yes
0: because i was actually impressed with her she does run after him and help him out, so she's kind of paying attention a little bit, which is good. Yeah, she's it's you not know, like, she's <laughs> not oblivious
2: like she wasn't pre- past yeah. ones. Yeah, so he's translating what the song is about, and it's it's saying the the land is like my mother. I am a child that has strong arms. I sleep in the loving embrace of my mother Russia, and he gets very teary eyed in this. So he's definitely missing his home, and Dottie's like totally eating that stuff up so the music ends and then the waiter brings over he's over at the bar getting shots of vodka and the the one guy dumps something unnatural for the it doesn't normally go in vodka and uh brings brings it over powdery substance yeah white powdery substance yeah and uh Mm -hmm. brings it over and gives that one to zernoff and then gives a clean one to uh dotty and then he chugs his and she kind of looks at him like, Oh, is he a drinker? <laughs> he goes, You worry about the the, the, the vodka <laughs> and she's like, Oh no, you know. She barely talks in this part. He goes, Too much perhaps. But memories and vodka often need each other.
0: The vodka's so trying to try to hide anything in there.
2: Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> in terms of a substance. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in this um in this part right here, he lets her know that he's defected, which I I thought he was like in a safe house type thing where he's trying to start over and not be who he was. Why would he just tell Dottie, who he just met, that he's a defector? That seems yeah, he odd. Just said
0: that he could have just said What does he say? 60% or a high percentage of people who leave their country. Yeah, go but back. he says de-
2: he specifically there. says defector.
0: Yeah, he didn't have to say that.
2: Right. She could be a Russian uh, I mean a uh, American spy or something, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or working for an enemy or whatever. Just thought it was weird. Unnecessary.
0: It's probably something that didn't think a viewer would pick up, you know, except you would.
2: (laughs) I'm sure others have too. I'm not the only freak.
0: I know. I'm just saying that, you know, people are watching it. They're just, yeah, you know, they wouldn't even pick up the fact that he slipped and said defector.
2: Yeah, it just seemed odd. Like it was unnecessary. Why even tell her?
1: That that's kind of how I thought the whole episode. Like they they made it into like such this like drama that it really didn't need to be. Okay, you were talking about like the the transcript earlier where they kind of could have gotten most of the information yeah. from that. you And actually, needing him like it, it, if the transcript exists, get it in your hands first, and then just take him out, and then bada bing, bada boom, it's already done. Everything's taken care of, and you anxious, Jerry, get rid of him. So, yeah, I just, like this whole episode, they were
2: just like, I don't it in. <laughs> <laughs> no one will yeah, pay attention plot, to this.
1: <laughs> the plot drove the story rather than the storytelling
2: Yes. Yes.
1: They, they used a lot of plot devices rather than just telling the story. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, now he's had that shot of Vodka Plus, and he's like... You know, could you excuse me? I don't feel very good. I feel very strange. So she's, you know, concerned and and he gets up to go to the bathroom. Now, I have a public service announcement for you all. If you ever feel like you're going to be sick, don't go to the bathroom by yourself. Especially don't do it if you're choking and you're like embarrassed because you don't want somebody seeing you choking. My mom's cousin. Went, um, He was choking in a restaurant and he went uh, and got up because he, he was embarrassed and he went into the bathroom. Yeah, he died. He choked and, to death in the bathroom because no one was there to help him, you know, give him the Heimlich and stuff. So don't ever do that. Like, stay where their people are. Yeah. Well, that's why it's a PSA <laughs> to save others from that happening.
3: I think
0: your first instinct is to, you know, get out of the view of other people. Yeah, because you, you, your... yeah,
2: you you're embarrassed and you but I mean, you don't know. You could use help, you know, somebody could help you with the Heimlich or whatever in this particular instance. And here, you know, she could have helped him and maybe he wouldn't have been kidnapped at that point. Who knows? But, yeah, don't ever do that. Okay, that's a bad thing. So the more you know.
0: <laughs> well, you could, like, been slept like the daybreak drug or something and you go in the bathroom and then you can't take advantage of. Yeah. And if you're a woman and a Yeah, bar, definitely. You have to be careful about that. If you're feeling weird, don't go off by mm-hmm.
1: yourself. That's right. You've been roofied. I no. saw they have
2: um, some some college girls made um, straws that will turn colors if you've been roofied. So you can put it in your drink and you'll know if yeah. you were. That's cool.
1: Nail polish. Uh, polish nail polish too. Nail but polish that way
2: you don't, put your, you don't have to put your finger in there.
1: Nail in, in
2: your finger. drink. <laughs> I, thought,
1: I thought something that was more of a preventative measure. They, they called it um, a cup condom. And the bartender actually puts it on, so they it's like uh, it's like essentially a, like a balloon, like a like balloon, and then you open it up and plop it right on top of the cup. And it says cup condom on top, and then you take a straw and you stab it through, and oh. and then it covers the cup completely. So then you just have your cup with the straw, and um, nothing wow. can get in. that's assuming that
2: that's, the, that's assuming that the bartender isn't a pervert and in on it, but yeah, that's cool too. It's at least
1: Measure, right? yeah
2: so many them. poor people mm-hmm. poor women have had that happen it's awful and then you don't remember anything yeah it's horrible yeah but i'm glad they're doing that but yeah don't so don't do any of those things don't get up and go uh don't live, leave your drinks unattended
0: <laughs> well at least he said some things that's probably why Dottie followed yeah and it was going on Hmm. he could have just said i'm going to the bathroom and then she would never right she
2: would have been like oh okay and then when he was gone for a while she would have been like oh that's weird you know was i a bad date <laughs> yes yeah, sneak out the back <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom and amanda's already thinking you know something's up cuz as soon as he went got up to go to the bathroom she got out of the car and went in so she her spidey senses went off already too And then we see a cop car go by, which we didn't mention it um, because we were I was busy talking about the dart thing. But um, anxious Jerry did mention to Lee that they um, part of the deal is they get a fake cop car and pick up the defector and then bring them in for a, a a new debriefing. So he did get that much out. So Lee's aware of that. So we needed to know that before we get to this next part. So so we see a blue and white police car coming around the corner and then it has its lights on already so um apparently it has esp and knows what's going to happen so zernoff goes toward the bathroom and uh those two goons that were making his drink have now grabbed him and brought him to the back of the alley of that uh uh the tea room and thrown him in the back of the police car so dotty comes running out like a big mama bear and uh stops the police officer and he's like there's been an altercation we have to take him in she goes well we're together you know and and I'm going with him and she doesn't even wait to let the cop like tell her no she jumps in the car and they're like we we got to go get her in here take her with us and then amanda amanda comes out and and sees her mother too and daddy yells out with her head out the window like a dog <laughs> And she's like, "Have the lawyer meet me at the precinct." <laughs> she's like, "Amanda, I thought we agreed you'd stop following me. Bye!" <laughs> and <then> yells. <laughs> That's so funny. And then Lee comes out and she goes, "The police have my mother." And he goes, "If it is the police," he goes, "Come on, that that bug in your mother's purse." And she holds up her purse. She goes, "She left it behind." he's like ugh. well she goes we'll just have to go down to the police station and bail my mother out he goes if they are the police something's happened and anxious jerry he's dead and then we get the worried looks where they look off like
0: oh. dun,
2: dun, dun. Dun,
0: dun, dun. <laughs> insert dramatic music <laughs>
2: And this is actually kind of funny. So they're trying to find the cop car and then Lee just assumes that the one in front of them is the one that they were, that they were following and then cuts him off and then gets out and like knocks the door shut on the cop and the other guy, the other partner has gun, and tells him to get his hands up. All right, hold it right there. Grab some sky. Now. End the roof. Feedback. These
0: aren't the same policemen. The car that picked mother up was 1017. Who are we, Bonnie and
2: Clyde? That's a good one-liner. <laughs> it is. That's a good one. Now, they're at this warehouse, which is supposedly a warehouse. It's actually not. It's, um, trying to remember. I think it's in... Oh, what's that? Um, what's the area in California where they have all the um, game shows that are always down in there? Studio City. Studio City. Is that it? Maybe. I think it's yeah. down in Studio City. Mm-hmm. So David and I went there on one of the trips and um, checked it out. It was all closed. It was a business, but it was like closed. It was on, the, on a Saturday, I think. And we couldn't see into the windows very well. There wasn't really anything in the, like, what we could see in. We couldn't, there was nothing in there. So we couldn't tell what it was. But it's definitely not the, I mean, it's definitely not where they filmed inside. Definitely not. Um, It's a lot smaller. and But it's the outside building. uh, And it looks the same. It was cool. Except Sans, the the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, wasn't there. (laughs) Mr. Marshmallow. It is a cool building, though. It's like a big... And it's among a bunch of warehouses. That's kind of funny. So they pull up and bring uh, Dr. Zernoff and Dottie into this debriefing center. How do we know it's a debriefing center? Because it says so on the wall outside of the building. Yeah, that, um, Jen, that little dash is hilarious. (laughs) D, little thing, briefing. (laughs) To
0: mention the detail, I like it. It is funny.
2: I didn't think, does debriefing really have a hyphen in it?
0: I don't think I don't so, think but. so <laughs>
2: someone really
0: thought it needed to be there I'll have to look
2: it up I don't think it does so now Lee's we're back at the agency it's dark out and uh Lee's beating himself up because he's upset that something's happened to Amanda's mother and he feels responsible which it's not his fault but I can see where he's feeling it and amanda's beating herself up saying i can't believe i let her get in the car which she was already in the car and on her way out before amanda got there so but then billy comes in and he's telling him that uh well first he's he's yelling at at lee saying couldn't you have checked out the car and made sure it was the right one before you you know went and (laughs) beat the crap out of him and he goes i didn't want to tip him off Billy does confirm that the, the Metro Police doesn't have uh, a, a car number 1017. And uh, they have an APB out on them. They're all kind of a little uh, saddened by all this. So the dead man, anxious Jerry, is Jerry Dunlap. He worked with Arrow Na- uh, North in the Defense Weapons Division. Their CEO is Sanderson North. And uh, Billy's not super excited about the guys like, you know, friends in high places and gets kind of cocky about it. And then they said that they found traces of BZ in Zernoff's vodka, and she said, "What's BZ?" And he says, "It's a knockout drug, causes slur- slurred speech and so on." And so Amanda goes, so somebody s- slipped him a, a Huck Finn," <laughs> and he goes, uh, "That's I think that's Mickey Finn." She goes, "I know that," <laughs> but you didn't. But she kind of didn't. <laughs> So now we're back at the warehouse. We're inside now. And Dottie is just fit to be tied. <laughs> she she gets that little red fingernail going. <laughs> and she's just like pointing it at the guy. And, and she's like, I am Dorothea Wesson. My daughter is calling. And he and she's like trying to go. And he goes, I understand. He, he like calms her down like that and just plays her like a fiddle. He goes, Dr. Zernoff is in good hands. And you're right. This isn't an ordinary police station. And she's like, uh-huh. He goes, but oh, then... Crazy. Yeah, he's so, ugh, syrupy. He goes, but then you understand he's not a regular person. So then he has her sit down. He's got her calmed down for now. But just wait, buddy. Then he tells the guard to to make sure that Dottie doesn't leave. Dun, dun, dun.
1: You're
2: under guard, but free, free to go whenever you want. <laughs> Amanda and Lee are back at the the tea room, and they've got the the goons that that poisoned Zernoff, and they're just hired goons. They get slip money to do it, and and they they just figured it was uh, immigration issues. And then Stanislav walks in, and Lee recognizes them, and then Stanislav takes off. So then Lee goes and chases after him, brings him back. And then uh, Stanislav lets him know that he warned Zernoff not to, but he, he urged him not to jeopardize, you know, being in America. And uh, so I wonder what, I wonder what tipped off Zernoff. Because at this point, Zernoff hasn't had anything happen to him. But Zernoff was, you know, feeling like, like something was up. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't get it.
0: Is he just uh, brainstorming with his friend? Because that one guy's his friend, right? Yeah. He's at the park?
2: Yeah, but he was so adamant, like Zernoff was so adamant about whenever he was yelling at him about, and Stanislav is telling him that he told him, you know, just let it be. Don't worry about it. So I just wonder what that, that was even about. What what would be tipping off Zernoff? He hasn't been kidnapped at this point, you know, up to this point until just now.
0: He's getting the heebie-jeebies from that slip talker. Yeah. What is it Jake? Yeah,
2: name? and then... And then Stanislav saying, "Mr. Lawrence kept assuring me no one no one would have to to know like what I don't I don't get it I'm not sure I understand this I think is I'm missing something,
0: something that's in the script or something that they didn't get yeah the I didn't
2: read out. it I <laughs> didn't even read I didn't even read the script I didn't even think to read the script I totally forgot they
0: always have something like this it doesn't quite make sense because they cut something out yeah and, and the then they're like information. it
2: won't matter no one will care and then we're uh, you know 37 years later we're. <laughs> We're going back to it. So Amanda says, what's the point in that? So she's like kind of not just there to kind of be Lee's secretary. You know, she's actually getting involved to it, too. And he's like, I don't know. And he goes, when we find Jake Lawrence, we'll ask him.
0: I'm thinking Jake Lawrence maybe just works for the a different part of the agency that wouldn't have gotten.
2: He works for the, the State Department.
0: Detailed. Yeah, but he must not work for the debriefing group, the same group that got all the information.
2: Yeah. Maybe, that, that's the only thing I can think of.
0: And he can't look at the files because they're, you know, in some more secure group. And he's just the settling of the defector part of the State Department. You know, that could sure be. Make sure they get settled.
2: And- that could be. Yeah, maybe. He is definitely debriefing him now and he's asking more details um, about the airfoils on the MiG-29 and they're 30% lighter and twice as strong. <laughs> so he's asking him like all right give us more detail on that he's like i went through this already when i was here before they said i was finished and he's like sir you are a guest in our country he's pulling the guilt card when there's trouble we have to review everything there wasn't trouble but see this is what happens you know like immigrants you know are like petrified that if they do anything wrong that they're going to get you know sent back so they're like you know so they're ultra sensitive to it so they can t- they get taken advantage of which is sad
0: yeah what was the trouble exactly
2: the the incident at where he was getting sick to go to in the bathroom that was mm-hmm. the, supposedly the incident okay. i think that's the only thing i can think of i don't know that's,
0: yeah it must be it's pretty weak but
2: <laughs> Hmm. that's what i mean like they're just, the, the, you know, when immigrants come here, they're so petrified to to do anything.
1: And not only that, so he's an immigrant, but he's also a defector. So yeah. it's not even, he just doesn't want to go back to his country. There could be serious, he can't. like, yeah. alternate repercussions of him going back. Good so point. Other
2: layer. Yeah, that's a good point, too. He's already, he's already left that behind and, and burned that bridge. And now, you know, it's, it's America or bust, literally. <laughs> And then he's all, I'm doing the best I can here. You know, like, I'm trying to help you out, Zernoff. And it's like, ugh. He's a very
1: schmucky character.
2: Yes, he is. Now Dottie's getting, now we got round two of Dottie getting a little pissed off. (laughs) She's like, it has been over two hours, and I still do not know what has happened to Andre. I can't make a call. He goes, I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. West. It's just taking longer than we'd expected. He goes, and then he pulls it, but Dr. Zernoff is feeling better, and he's so glad that you decided to stay and so she's so eating that up now he goes but if of course if you wish to go home she's like oh no 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 i'm staying i just it's just that well i would like to call my daughter he goes we'll take care of that security phones and all but you know it may take a while longer so don't uh why don't we find you a room you can lie down for a bit little creeper he's not very tall though she's about as tall as he is okay actually so we uh, i think hold on i just realized this so the house that they're using for North's house is actually the house they use for Harry Beringer in Any Number Can Play in season four. It's just, it's dark now. So it, it looks different, um, slightly different, but it's the same house, the outer shot, you know, the exterior. So now Amanda and Lee are over at North's house and are telling him about his employee that has passed away, Anxious Jerry. He's like... Oh, you know, you know, he mentioned it to me, but I just, I didn't really think much of it because he's, you know, he's not um, a great employee and I'm not sure what his future was going to be here kind of thing. So North is like discrediting his employee so that they don't buy into what he's, you know, telling them, even though obviously Lee knows it's all true and all it does is make this guy look even guiltier. And he's like, he didn't tell me, you know, who was responsible and and to tell you the truth, I didn't take it very seriously because Jerry Dunlap is, well, he's somewhat of an alarmist. And he's so fake. Like you it's like Really, dude, you think someone's buying this?
1: <laughs> he's throwing someone under the bus who had no reason to yeah, lie
2: about anything. Exactly. So it only makes him look dirtier. And then Amanda says, oh, do you know uh, Jake Lawrence from the State Department? He's like, no. When you go, hmm, Jake Lawrence. No, Um, let me think. No, I don't know anybody. Nope, I don't know anybody. And then Lee calls him out and he's like, you know, a few years ago, you were about to, your company was about to go under and then suddenly things turned around. You know, he's like with some fat government contracts and he goes, hard work and good timing. (laughs) And then Lee goes, maybe a little too good. I mean, overnight, Arrow North seems to have gained on on the rest of the industry, research and development, all very tailor made. He goes, Are you suggesting some impropriety? And he's like, Oh no, no no he goes, just making an observation.
1: Hard work and good luck. Yeah. Good timing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he goes, Mr. Stetson, unless you have proof, I would like I would keep those allegations to yourself. Oh, or what, buddy? So now Lee said he's gonna stake out Lawrence's house and uh lee's gonna take amanda home because it's getting late and then amanda again i don't know why why they did this twice in one episode it's like she's trying to use the lingo and things like that and then he has to keep correcting her like with the huck finn and then mickey finn but on here now she said if he worked for the defense department instead of state it'd make more sense he goes you mean it would be more legitimate she goes yeah well It'd be more like a sting. And he goes, well, we call it a store, but you've got the right idea. And she's just kind of like, it's like he, he mansplains to her, you know, (laughs) this is eighties mansplaining. Yeah. And Amanda's feeling down about her mom. So they're both blaming themselves again. And, uh, so he's driving her home and then he goes and stakes out, uh, Lawrence's place, but Lawrence isn't there, is he? He's busy at Mr. Marshmallow man land, (laughs) And Dottie is just beside herself. She's trying to find a phone. And uh, she comes upon uh, Kurtz and uh, Lawrence talking about how they're going to have to get rid of Zernoff and the woman. And uh, she's finally figured out, like, they need to get out of there. So she goes and, tr- and search for a phone and finds a sleeping uh, um, security guard and then grabs the phone and calls Amanda, of course. Now, it looks like Amanda's been out all night because it's morning now and it was just night Lee said he was going to drop her off and then he was going to spend the rest of the evening staking out Jake's place but now Amanda's just getting home it looks like because she's still got her clothes on from the night before and her coat and she's just coming in the door she go to a strip club or something like where the hell was she I don't
0: know but while Dottie changed her outfit three times Amanda's worn the same outfit through this whole episode I know that's
2: what I mean she's still (laughs) in the same outfit And God damn it, she looks gorgeous. Her makeup's perfect. I'd be like, oh, you know, looking all ragged and makeup smeared on my face. She's
0: on the couch and now she's ready to go
2: again. Yeah, but she's still got her coat. I mean, if she didn't have her coat on, I'd be like, oh, she just stayed up worrying all night. But with her coat on?
0: I thought she was heading out for the morning somewhere, but maybe not. But she wouldn't have changed her clothes?
2: She's still in the same damn clothes. I don't know. It's so weird. So anyways, uh, she calls and of course, Amanda picks up and she said, they're trying to kill us. She goes, all right, tell me where you are. She doesn't even, it doesn't even faze her that, you know, she tells her that. She's like, there's warehouses. It says debriefing center. And she goes, and then of course, there's, um, I saw Mr. Marshmallow Man. (laughs) And then her phone gets taken away.
1: I'm surprised she made it that far. I know. It's so convenient that she can just, you know. Well, she's got to get the good, as... the
2: good part out.
1: <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Anyway,
2: so Amanda, very smart, calls immediately calls the agency and leaves a message for Lee. And uh, Officer Harmon, the Dodo Head, doesn't do anything with the the message because she thinks it's a crank call. Oh, Officer Harmon, I hope you enjoy unemployment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, your, job, your uh, employment at the agency has been disbanded
2: t- t- you're been no declass- longer needed
1: so the de- declassified yeah you've been remember.
2: declassified you've been scooched <laughs> she's been scooched so amanda realizes where she's at because of the State puff marshmallow man i keep calling him that mr marshmallow she is seriously in the same clothes And hasn't changed. And she still looks fresh as a daisy. (laughs) You're right. You know what that's from? Kate going, I'll just wear the same clothes. That way I don't have to keep trying on clothes and getting Taylor, you know, all the stuff. And so she walks in the door. And of course, the bad guys are waiting right there for her because Dottie probably had to tell her who was coming. So she gets put in a room with Zernoff and dotty and then they hear some noise and uh andre explains that they're taking the the walls down and and dotty's like it's a hoax the police car the debriefing center it's all fake
1: so isn't dotty like surprised that amanda showed up by herself after she said they're trying to kill us
2: like- what she does and she goes how did you get here and she said well you i remember the warehouses when we went to one of the boys had a, a field trip to the candy
1: still like if it were me and i called someone to come and rescue me yeah i don't want them to come by themselves i want the calvary i want the swat team i want everybody to know that i am there i don't want just one person
2: that i phone miranda's leaving breadcrumbs everywhere she goes like (laughs) well she did uh, they asked her did you call the police and she said i called the authorities meaning she called the agency which she did she did what she was supposed to she was just supposed to wait for backup but her mother maybe didn't have time for that, you know? So, I mean, I can see, especially if it's your mother, I can see yeah. her, you know, rushing in, you know, and asking questions later, you know?
1: Yeah, but I would have called more than just the age. Called everybody, I'd have gone and taken the SWAT team with me. I'd have been like, all right, I'm swinging by the police station and we're going to rescue.
2: And they'd be like, ma'am, um, please sit down in the car. <laughs> Stay in the car, ma'am. <laughs> no i'm <laughs> on my way <laughs> so amanda gets in there and she's like uh, you know instead of like sitting there going Hmm, what are we gonna do she looks around she's checking the the room uh she goes over to the two-way obvious obvious two-way mirror there and then she dumps out her purse to see what kind of things she has in her purse that she can get them out of uh this uh mess that they're in and then uh she's like we got to get out of here <laughs> and Dottie's just like looking at her like what the heck And Amanda's like, all right, I got a whistle. (laughs) Is that a rape whistle? Like, what is that? What's that doing in there? Maybe it's one of the boys'
1: whistles.
2: Maybe. And
1: it was annoying to her, so she took it away from
2: him. That's probably very true. (laughs) Now, what's the deal with that Kurtz guy? He's such a dodo head. He's like, here, this is poison, and then throws it at the guy. He's like, don't let it touch you. Well, then why'd you throw it at the guy? You could have killed him. Like, what are you doing?
0: He's just trying to freak him out.
2: What a D-bag. So now we're back at, and Lee hasn't changed his clothes either. They're both going to be pretty ripe. Um, um, Lee's back at the agency, and he's uh, worried because he doesn't know where Zirnoff is. He doesn't know where Dottie is. And he went to pick up Amanda, and she's not there, and he thought she'd be here. And then Francine brings in Officer Harmon. Like, she's like, go ahead, tell him. Like, tell him what you did. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Lee didn't change clothes
1: and Amanda didn't change clothes. Yeah. The oh, man, them,
2: they were together. <laughs> oh my. He goes, you don't think she went and tried to find him herself? He goes, no, I don't think so. He goes, God, I hope not. Cause knowing her luck, she'd find him. <laughs> Very true. And Francine, go ahead and tell him. And she goes, well, a message came in early from Amanda. He goes, you didn't tell me. She goes, well, I am. It wasn't priority. He goes. Amanda is a clearance clearance all her own. Yeah, that's right. You hear that, everybody? That's a good line too. I know. Amanda's the
1: security clearance all, all her own? own.
2: <laughs> so he's like Marshmallow Man warehouses Alexandria. You know, and he's like what? And so Francine goes. Well, I know there's a bunch of warehouses out there uh, that and uh, North uh, Arrow North has uh, has one out there. And, and then Billy remembers that the North Candy Company who makes Mr. Marshmallow is also there. So they all head out there uh, with their brown uh, nondescript cars. And then uh, Amanda is rallying the troops. She's got everybody. She's got a plan and she's got everybody uh, in, in, in the proper uh, places where they should be so that when the Zernoff blows his whistle, the guard comes in, Amanda's going to kick it with her skirt on, going to kick it out of his hands, and Dottie's going to grab the gun. It almost goes that way. It doesn't quite go that way. The guard's too quick and picks up the gun, but then Dottie cracks him over the head with a chair. Like
0: the weakest chair ever. It's like falls apart. (laughs) (laughs) It
2: does. (laughs) Well, you can't give the guy a concussion. He's just an actor, Jen. I'm proud that at least she didn't stand
1: there.
2: I know, me too. Boom. <laughs> and it just falls in. And then Dottie's like, oh, my gosh, look what I've done. And Amanda grabs the gun. She goes, oh, good work, mother. It kind of reminds me of when Amanda um, would figure things out when in uh, Das Geisterschloss with um, Lady Farnsworth, where she'd be like, good show, Amanda. And Amanda's like, oh, I didn't mean to do anything. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. Now the roles are reversed, you know. So then Amanda picks up the gun and. And grabs her mother's uh, collar and pulls her out to, to get her to go with them. Uh, and then Amanda's walking down the hall with a gun in her hand, which seems so foreign. And then Dottie grabs her and off. Let's go. So Amanda comes and then North sees Amanda. Surprisingly, he doesn't blow her cover. He's like, you won't be needing that, Mrs. King. And then uh, Kurtz is behind them and Amanda sees that she's uh, kind of stuck. So she hands the gun over.
1: Well, he kind of does because how does he know her name?
2: Yeah, Dottie could have said my my daughter Amanda King's here, you know, coming. Maybe. You know, they could have gotten it out of her is what I kind of assumed a little bit. They take the gun and uh, now Zernoff's like, you know, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Just let the women, you know, let them go. It's all, it's me you want, not them, you know, trying to be the nice guy here. And then he gets a a nice wallop in his face for that. And then uh, the cavalry shows up. Better late than never. Yep, that's true. Very brown, very nondescript vehicles. So Lee and Francine go in the front and then they have like 10 people go in the back. So then they they go and North goes to the front door. And he's like, oh, Mr. Stetson, for heaven's sake, I was just going to call you. It's so cheesy. He goes, I found something very interesting. I want to show you. Come in. And then I'm gonna kill you.
1: It's either really bad acting or really good acting as a really bad actor. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's I'm, it's great acting on the actor's part. I just mean mm-hmm. the guy just the the bad guy's just being so cheesy, you know.
1: Oh, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. No, it's you're either, you're right. He's either a really bad actor mm-hmm. or he's a really good actor at bad acting. As yeah.
2: A bad actor. Yep. <laughs> I'd say the latter. Yeah. And uh, so Lee's like kind of buying it, but not. And uh, then all of a sudden, Amanda hears Lee out there and she's banging on the door. And then Francine kicks some um, some North butt. And because uh, she sees him pull out a gun and then the bad guys are shooting at Lee. And then Billy comes that up. That be- Billy comes up behind him and he's like, freeze, drop your weapons. And he's got like a whole team of people behind him. So they all come out all but one. Kurtz has, still has his uh, his favorite little uh, dart gun. So Lee goes to the door and luckily he's smart. He doesn't go open the door and go, Amanda, you know, he goes, Dr. Zernoff. And so Amanda opens the door and then Lee's got his back to Kurtz and Kurtz has that damn dart gun and Amanda goes, look out and then shuts the door and the dart goes right where Amanda would have been or Lee would have been there too, obviously.
1: Wait, save your
2: man, Amanda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Lee goes to shoot him and he's out of bullets. Hello, you got to count your bullet count. <laughs> and then Kurtz runs out and jumps in some North uh, Army truck and uh, Lee jumps on. So here's where we have the, the next, you know, the, the boring chase for us women folk. <laughs> Most of us don't get into it I guess. Some women do. The
1: the lack of bullets was another plot
2: device. Yes. Oh my gosh, all the time. And the darts, you know, the darts then somebody gets shot uh there's no blood, you know, cuz it's just yeah. darts. But Lee's barely hanging on on that vehicle. <laughs> and kurtz has his little dart gun he's trying to shoot him he's a little too attached to that dart gun i think i love it he opens the door and the guy's about to shoot him so he's like i think i'll shut it again so he shuts it and gets on the back on the top on the other way oh damn he really wants to shoot him in that with that gun so lee's now coming through the driver's side and uh knocks the gun out of his there's something on there's something in hold on there's something yellow. It looks like a pencil. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, like on the side of uh, Bruce's, uh, uh, like on his waist, it's yellow. And it looks like a pencil. I is don't it know. his skin? I don't think so. Let me look. Hold on. Because
0: when I look at it later, it looks like he just has a sh- the shirt up a little
2: bit. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe it is skin. He has pencil skin. <laughs> Show <him> some skin. <laughs> he has pencil looking skin. So, luckily for Kurtz, Lee pulls him out because then it goes in and blows up. And that's how it third act ends. And then we have the tag. And the tag, we're back at the agency, which, do they, they must blindfold Dottie? Because if she sees IFF, shit's going to hit the fan, man. <laughs> Maybe they brought
1: her through a garage entrance or something.
2: Yeah, but she's going to know the area. She's dropped her daughter off there many a time and i don't know maybe yeah. so it's kind of cute we actually get to see a debriefing room i think this is one of the few times we get to and uh dotty and zernoff are getting debriefed by uh, mr melrose and lee and amanda are in on the other side of the glass and they're listening in i mean technically i guess this this little area could be that that room they were just in because remember it had glass on the other side and it's about the same size and it's the same width on the <laughs> the metal they
1: just reused it
2: yeah they probably just reused it I'm sure yeah so amanda thinks it's funny because billy's told uh, her mother that she can't tell anybody about it it's, it'll drive her crazy and then lee's like listen amanda i want to talk to you about something and then she she like takes the wind right out of his sail. She's like, I should have never tried to follow her alone. I know. <laughs> He's like, an agent never makes a move without backup. He goes, how'd you find that place anyway? She goes, mother and I took Jamie's class on a uh, trip for Northeastern Candy Company. She remembered Mr. Marshmallow. He goes, you nearly scared me half to death. He goes, but what's new? And then he gives her a cute little grin. So then they start listening in again and uh, Zernoff's telling her how uh, special uh, Dottie is, and he's got to leave. He's getting, getting a job in um, medicine, nuclear medicine uh, in California. Aww.
1: So he's going to leave
2: her. I know. They could, they would have been cute.
1: Yeah, he would have been a cute, recurring character.
2: Yeah, I think so. Anyways, he's saying he has to leave and go to California. She, she gets it, you know. She's like, then you have to go. He's like, but I will never forget you, Dorothea. You are a special woman. And he gives her a kiss, kiss on the cheek, and then they stop listening, and then Lisa's, and she has a very special daughter too. Aww. Aww. And then a little kiss on the cheek. It's so cute. So cute. Yeah, that's sweet. Very sweet. Really leans in for it too. Wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I would probably tilt my cheek right <laughs> over to the side.
2: You got that game. You got hard. game. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Oops. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to do that. Ooh, when you were going for it, <laughs> that's funny. That was a cute one, not one of my favorites, but it was cute. It had some good moments in it. I definitely yeah, like I- watching it in the order we're watching it, it definitely has more of a progression that I think mm-hmm. should have been done, you know, originally.
0: And it's definitely better now in terms of the order. The earlier ones, I yeah, I had reservations,
2: it's not them, but- as we've discussed at, at nauseam. <laughs>
0: But they're just so relaxed with each other. Yeah,
2: know. that's what I like. Um,
0: it's just a, t- a totally different relationship than the beginning of season 3
2: Mm-hmm. And, and Amanda's really coming into her own, especially in this one. You know, she had some slip-ups where he had a mansplain to her. But, you know, she's trying to pick up the lingo. You know, she's trying to become one of them. You know? And I think she's getting more comfortable in order for her to, to even allow herself to make those mistakes. You know what I mean?
0: Well, these trusts are a lot... Mm-hmm. I mean, he has before, but he, he trusts her with his car.
2: Oh, <laughs> That's true. Her. He doesn't I even mean, let a valet drive his car, and then he let her do that. Yeah. That's true.
1: Uh, the, the one thing I like about this episode, and I mean, there's a few other ones that are we'll see, but we actually got to see more of one of the supporting characters, you know.
2: Oh, yeah, with, with Beverly. Yeah. The whole
1: time. yeah. Yeah. So That's true. There's so few of those. Yeah. <laughs>
2: They are, though that was cute.
0: Yeah, you don't see much of everybody in mm-hmm. the first part of season three. So Dottie was like, Yeah, this is my episode and, and I need three outfits. Need three <laughs> <stuff.">
2: <laughs> and my nails are gonna be bright engine fire engine red.
0: <laughs> I can't blame her. It's you know, as a supporting character, it's nice to have some episodes that are about you.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Um, Ernie the camera brings you the video ball for One Bear Dances, One Bear Doesn't This is a super cute episode all around for Lee and Amanda, but also for Dottie. So the first episode celebrates Lee and Amanda's, I would say, growing romance behind the scenes. The last episode we talked about they're holding hands and this one they're kissing on the cheek. What would Francine say about all this so she could see it? So the song is Our Lips Are Sealed by Fun Boy 3 and the video is put together by Moxie's SK Vids. And it is sort of starting, I guess, the era of all of the behind the scenes romances and little kisses and holding hands and stuff that maybe Billy and Francine don't get to see, the, the non-professional side. Another video on this theme is based on the song, I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany, which is actually a great 80s song. Back in my day, yeah, this was a big, a big hit. It was put together by Love SK. This has a lot of great clips of Lee and Amanda catching the secret affection with each other. Check that one out. Bonus video to celebrate all that Dottie goodness in this episode. We bring you SNK clips of Dottie's words of wisdom. So it's a compilation of clips of Dottie's as put together by, also by Moxie's SK vids. And she's had some great ones over the seasons. Uh, most of these are from Seasons 1 and 2, so you get to check those out in, in that clip. These videos can be found on YouTube, and we've we provided links on our website at mkcpodcast.com.
2: It is time to see what fanfic Dottie's got on her shelf that she recommends for this episode, One Bear Dances, One Bear Doesn't. The first recommendation is called The Bear Falls by Arista and was written in 2001 and has about 7,000 words. This is an alternate ending to how this episode could have ended a bit more dramatically. Our second recommendation is called Bag and Baggage. It was written by Ellie Quinoa just recently, um, March of 2020, and has a little over 12,000 words. This is a filler expansion of the episode and seems to assist Lee and Francine and then also Lee and Amanda in order for them to each kind of clear the air with each other. So as always, we will leave these links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. You can also find both of these stories on fanfic.net. What what does the title mean? One bear dances, one bear doesn't. What is that from and what does it mean? Actually, I was going to ask that
0: too because the bear is the Russian symbol. Right. But like, who's dancing and who isn't?
2: Okay, so is it that Stanis... So I guess maybe, you're right, maybe. Stanislav is the one who did dance and then meaning he danced with the bad guys. He did what they wanted. And Zernoff is fighting it. And he doesn't. He doesn't dance. Maybe that's from that. Okay.
0: Yeah. So his friend Stanislav Stanislav, he's the one that the Amanda talking to at the end right
2: in the mm-hmm. restaurant.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're saying that he went along. Yeah, because he, he said, the-
2: yeah, he said he told he told the guy that he didn't want to do it, but they, they made him so he's like, you have to do it. He was. Uh, he even said he was try- He was telling Zernoff he needed to do this because he didn't want to make waves, you know, because then he'd get in trouble and maybe get sent back to to Russia or something.
0: I thought they had a habit of like kidnapping these guys, but maybe they were able to get some just to do it willingly.
2: Well, I think when they did it, it's that's what I was saying, asking the question like this doesn't make sense. He seems to know what he did you know and it wasn't just oh they just were asking because they needed additional information he didn't he obviously didn't buy it and then he told zernoff like dude don't fight it just tell them what they want and be done with it so maybe one of those guys is one the bear that danced and one that didn't you know maybe that's the only thing i can think of yeah it's a it's a
0: long title it is a a long
2: title it's quite a mouthful Uh
1: Thanks everyone for joining us today for our discussion on the season three episode One Bear Dances, One Bear Dozen. Join us next time as we discuss, in our revised order, number 11, The Pharaoh's Engineer. Uh, You can also keep up with us on our Facebook group and pages, as well as our Twitter at uh, MKC Podcast or Mrs. King's Chronicles, and then our website as well at mkcpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.